Thank you guys so much for how you lead us all the time, but especially just for how you made space for the Holy Spirit to lead us today. Can we just give them a round of applause again? Thank God for them. Good morning. My name is Edrin, one of the pastors here at the sanctuary, um, and we want to take just another moment and welcome you into our worship experience today. If you, uh, if this is your first time here at the sanctuary, uh, we want to say welcome and thanks for being here. We would love the opportunity to get to know you better, to hear a bit of your story and know what brought you to this place. And so we hope you'll stop by our welcome desk and meet Amy and the team there. Um, we would love to just get to know you a little bit more. Uh, last week, we wrapped up a five-week series that we have been calling Threshold, um, as we have been asking God, how should we move in this season of transition? Um, and Pastor Rose wonderfully wrapped that, mess, that series up for us last week. Um, and today we're kicking off a new series that we're calling a Generous God, Generous People. Generous God, Generous People. This is a, a generosity series. And if you've been in church for a while, um, you know sometimes these series can be somewhat taboo. We're going to end up talking about money. And if you feel a little anxiety and you want to stick up your church finger and sneak out now, I want to pray for you. Uh, We really don't want it to be that kind of generosity series. Uh, I believe that we as a church are always trying to grow uh, to be more mature spiritually and emotionally. And so we should be able to open up God's word and talk about any subject, whether it's generosity or anything else together, to wrestle with what the text seems to be saying and then figure out what does that mean for our life together as a church. And so that's our plan today. And and my hope for our hope for this series is that on the other side of this series, that we can see ourselves as the Sanctuary Covenant Church as the generous uh, people, committed faith. A committed faith community that we are, that we, we want to be able to let this series hold up a mirror to us and not crush our spirits, but actually encourage us by showing us that we actually are already generous people. This is not a you need to become generous series. This is a you're already generous in a number of ways. Now, how might we unify our generosity for God's glory and for the mission and vision of this church? And so I gave it all away. I'm going to pray and go have a seat. Um, (laughs) I hate when I do that. Oh, man. (sighs) Here's how we're defining generosity. When we talk about generosity, we're talking very simply about giving to others. Giving to others. Another way of saying it is, uh, when we talk about generosity, we're talking about offering up ourselves, our time, our talents, and our treasures for God's glory and for the good of others. That's all we mean when we talk about generosity. Offering up our very lives, our time, our talent, and our treasure for God's glory and for the good of someone other than ourselves. Why? Why do we even have to talk about generosity? I believe we're talking about generosity at this, inc- this critically important juncture in our church life because our generosity affects everything. 
It affects everything, not just in our church, but our generosity, I believe, affects everything in the world. Here's what I believe wholeheartedly. I believe that the church is the only institution on the face of the earth that can legitimately change the world. That's a bold statement. I believe that the church is the only institution on the face of the earth that can legitimately change the world. Now, I'm not naive. I know that there are other institutions who make a difference. For example, I believe that schools are critically important, and I know that schools make a difference. I believe that the business sector is critically important and has a part to play. I believe that government is important and has a part to play. But I know that we are the church. I thought I would get a few more amens there. We are. Don't mess up my flow this morning, guys. Just come, just come with me. Come on. We, we are the church. Jesus Christ, the founder of the church, is the hope of the world. The church is his gathered people called together to make a difference, to live out his mission in the world. When Jesus left the earth, he trusted us enough to hand off the mission to us and he gave us the Holy Spirit. And so when I talk about changing the world, I believe the world will change when the church gets to work. Living out that mission, changing the world as only the church can, will happen when we understand the potential impact of our generosity and then choose every single day to live generous lives. Generosity is much more than just money. I'm going to go ahead and ease that tension for you. I'm talking about a lot more than money. And so if you're nervous about money, you're going to miss the rest of what generosity is about. Generosity is so much more than money. It's about bringing your entire self to God, offering your life up and saying, use me for your good and your glory. We can't allow our uneasiness about talking about money to cause us to miss the blessing that generosity is. And so that's what we're going to do in this series. We're going to lift up this topic of generosity. We're going to look at it from a bunch of different angles. And I believe we will be a better church if we engage this topic in a meaningful way together. I once heard a story of a pastor way, way in the deep, deep south, somewhere down in Mississippi or Louisiana, maybe Georgia, I don't know. And this pastor had been at this church for a few years, and he decided it was time to talk about generosity. And so this pastor, as he was wrapping up this first message on generosity, his voice began to rise into a crescendo. And he said something that went like this. He said, uh, uh, the church, like the man at the pool of Bethesda, has got to get up and walk. And the people in the church screamed out to him, yes, pastor, walk. We got to walk. And the pastor's like, all right, they're with me. And he said, just like Elijah on Mount Carmel, the church has got to begin to run. 
And the people in the church said, yes, pastor, run. The church has got to run. And somebody got up out of their seat and took a lap around the sanctuary because that's how we do in the South. We bring our whole selves to worship. And the pastor's like, oh, man, they are, they are really with me. They're, they're really following me. And, and, and so he said the church has to mount up on, e- on eagle's wings, and the church has got to fly. And somebody said, I believe I can fly. <laughs> Just, they, they, they were all into it. They Fly, pastor, fly. Let's, let's fly. And the pastor said, well, if the church is going to fly, then you're going to have to become more generous. And somebody stood up and said, Pastor, let's let it walk. Let's let, let's let the church walk. It's okay if the church just walks, Pastor. I love that we're a church that can laugh. It's okay to laugh in church. If you're new, it's okay to laugh here. Um, but there's a lot of truth to be found in that story. Sometimes... We would rather our church walk than to be more generous and allow it to fly. And I believe God has given the Sanctuary Covenant Church a vision that is suited for flying. We are an urban, multi-ethnic, multiplying movement that is committed to reconciling people to God and one another. That is not a walking kind of vision. Our mission and vision begins here in North Minneapolis, but I believe our mission and vision extends far beyond North Minneapolis. That's not a walking kind of vision. We have a flying kind of vision. And if we're going to live into this kind of vision, we're going to have to become a bit more generous. And I'm not just talking about with our money. It will take generosity in every sense of the word. And over the next few weeks, we're going to dive into that. But today, I just want to set the table. I just want to introduce us to this topic of generosity by saying three simple things. The first thing I want to say to us is that God is creatively generous. Any conversation that we have about generosity has to begin with God. And the scriptures are clear to us that God is a a generous God. Generosity is not just a part of who God is. Generosity is God's very nature and character. Consider with me for a moment a few of the ways that the scriptures show us about God's generosity. In Genesis 1, we learn that God is generous in creation and in nature. You remember the story of the creation in Genesis 1. God creates the heavens and the earth. God speaks and brings forth light. God creates the sky, the land, the stars, the sun and the moon. God speaks and water begins to fill with life. God brings forth the birds of the air and, and, and then he brings forth the creatures of the land. He speaks again and he creates mankind in his image and he gives us dominion over all of creation. God didn't cre- just create something and walk away from it. God created something so so awesome that on the seventh day he stepped back and he patted himself on the back and said I've done a good job with this creation God loved us enough that he put some, some some heart into what he created and when we look all around us 
Even in difficult places, even in hard times, we can see that God is a generous God. Have you ever studied the human body and considered the intricacies of the human body? That was not an absent-minded God who created us. Have you ever looked at nature, ever taken a drive, even around the Twin Cities? Have you ever gone up north to northern Minnesota and seen the beauty of creation? God is a generous God, and he was generous to us in creation and in nature. I would challenge you this evening, step away from the NFL game that's on and just go for a walk. And ask God to show you all the ways in nature he has been generous to us. And I guarantee it will change your perspective. God is a creatively generous God, and he's been creatively generous to us in how he created nature. Not only does God create something, God loves what he creates enough to take care of it. That's how generous God is. And so God is creative also in provision and care for what he has created. Here's what Psalm 65 verse 9 through 13 says. Speaking to God, he says, you care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain. For so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with bounty, with your bounty, and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. Uh, The meadows are covered with flocks, and the valleys are mantled with grain. And they, your people, shout for joy and sing. God has loved us not just enough to give us something. God also is generous enough to take care of what he has given us. Consider your life. How has God cared for you? My my grandmother would say a little bit differently than the, the psalmist said. My grandmother would say that God made a way out of no way, that God was a doctor in her sick room and a lawyer in her courtroom. God was a friend when she had no other friend. And whether you are a Psalms kind of thanker or my grandmother's kind of worshiper, you need to know that God loved you enough to care for you. It's clear. And there's something about the busyness of our lives that it can sometimes cause us to forget that there is a loving God who cares for us. God is creatively generous in creation. He's generous in the way he cares for us. But God is also generous in salvation. Ephesians chapter 2 is my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. If there were only uh, one chapter that I would say we have to understand, if, if I were meeting with an alien from another planet and he wanted to know what this Christianity stuff was about, I would take Mr. Alien to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm not playing. Here's what Ephesians chapter 2 says. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin, 
in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, But because of his great love for us, because of his generosity for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. God raised us up with Christ. And seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Salvation is a clear example of God's generosity towards us. We didn't deserve it. There was nothing we could do to pay for it or earn it, but God gave it to us because God is a generous God. Brothers and sisters, we would have to go out of our way to miss the fact that God is generous. And when we're looking at God's love and mercy towards sinners, when we're looking at the gift of eternal life that we all have in Christ Jesus, when we're looking at the gift of the Holy Spirit who walks with us and guides us and teaches us each and every day, you're not just looking at some random acts. You are looking at the love and generosity of God. And our quest as a church as we try to grow in our generosity, is first to understand the generosity of God. And as our eyes are open to the ways in which God is generous, it will become much easier for us to be generous as well. So God is generous. That's the first thing I want you to know this morning. God is generous. The second thing I want you to know today is that generosity is already in us but we've got some questions. That's all it is. Generosity is already in us, each and every single one of us. But there are some questions that we have about generosity. Here's why I say that. We are, all of us, made in God's image. That's what the scriptures teach us. It teaches us that you and I are called to put on display to the world in real time and in real space who God is in eternity. The world should be able to look at us and learn something about who God is. And so the scriptures teach us that God is love. And I want to encourage us today that we also, at our core, are love. We might not always act like it. But at our core, we also are love. The the scriptures teach us that God hates injustice. Now, we might sometimes ignore that and turn a blind eye to injustice, but at our core, we also should hate injustice. The scriptures then teach us, if you're following my logic, that God is generous. 
So you know where I'm going. Brothers and sisters, at our core, we are also generous people. But the fact is, there are some questions about generosity that we may have never been taught to ask ourselves. Look at your life. You're already generous. I don't have to get all in your business. I know you're already generous. But there are some questions. And these questions, as you answer them, they will help you to understand the the kind of generous person you already are. The first question is simply a question of who. who. Who is receiving most of my time, treasure, and talent? That's the generosity question. Perhaps it's your kids. Many of us in this room are incredibly devoted to our kids. And so if you were to look at where we spend our time throughout the week, most of it is spent doing something for our kids, getting them out of bed trying to feed them, trying to get them to school, picking them up from school, shuttling them around the Twin Cities to this rehearsal and that practice and this game and that, even youth group. For many of us, we're generous, even if we don't think we are, and it's targeted towards like our kids or our boo thing that we just met on Tinder. Uh, Whoever, somebody right now, and if you look at your life, is the target of generosity. They they are receiving a substantial portion of your time, your talent, and your treasure. And your job is to figure out who they are. Don't doubt yourself. Don't say, I'm simply not a generous person. I never learned to be generous. No, you're being generous towards somebody. The second question of generosity is what? What am I passionate about? What have I committed myself to? What issues are near and dear to my heart in such a way that any time I can, I'm doing something related to this thing? I have a friend, a sister is what I would even call her, who is incredibly passionate about yoga. She probably owns about a thousand pair of yoga pants. She loved it so much that she went and got certified, and she's now a certified yoga instructor. She's one of the best I've ever seen. She might wonder, am I really a generous person? She's definitely generous, but her generosity in many ways is directed or or, or, or is funneled through her practice of yoga. And she loved it so much that I even got interested in it. You will never see me in a pair of yoga pants. By God's grace, I promise you, that's not going to happen. But because she was so generous and so interested in yoga, it impacted me and told me that me and my tight hamstrings might have a place in the practice as well. So in your life, what are you, what are you, what are you passionate about? And if the people around you are paying attention, what are the things that you are drawing them into simply because of your passion around a certain thing. The first question of generosity is, is, is who? The second question is, is what? The third question is how? How am I generous? How, how does my generosity express itself? I've already said that we are all generous. You don't need to become generous. You simply need to figure out your generosity. And there are, there, there are a couple of different ways that you can express your generosity. 
Over the next few weeks, you'll hear a lot about a, a study that was commissioned by Thrivent Financial, which is a local uh, company here in the Twin Cities. They partnered with a national research firm called the, Bar the Barna Group. They were looking back in 2016 to understand more about generosity in the church. There was a question that they had. They, they, they wanted to be, know in the beginning, are millennials generous at all? Because they weren't paying money in church, and that didn't happen. You got you to gotta figure that out. And so that was the beginning question of the research. But as they dug into the topic of generosity in local churches, they learned some very fascinating things that, that had nothing to do with millennials. And the part of the research that I loved the most was they, they figured out that there are at least five expressions of generosity, five ways in which our generosity leaks out of our life into the world. Over the next few weeks, we're going to dig into all of them, but I just want to give a brief overview of the five, and then we're going to continue in the message. The first one that we'll talk about is money and finances. That is the act of donating money or financial resources or, uh, or, or, or giving offering at church or lending money to a friend or giving to your, your favorite organization or nonprofit. That is one expression of generosity. And believe it or not, it's not the most popular one. Of the five, it was right in the middle. It was number three. Something about 25% uh, of people naturally give money to something that they're passionate about. And so if you're here today and you're like, man, I know he's talking about me because I don't give money. You're not the only one. Only one in four people naturally give money to something that they're passionate about. Now, we're going to try to change that, but don't feel bad about the fact that that's not the first thing that comes to mind for you. The first thing that comes to mind when people think about generosity is actually what we call service and volunteering. That's working along or, or doing work for another person without expecting pay in return. That's helping a friend move. That, that's cutting a neighbor's grass because they are no longer able to get out and, and cut it themselves. That's shoveling a neighbor's snow during the 10 months of winter that we have here in the Twin Cities. That is the most popular way of showing generosity for the folks who were interviewed in the survey. And for, I know here at Sanctuary, that's a strength of ours. There are a lot of people who say, I might not have money to give another person, but I will show up and I will help them. That's something to be celebrated in the life of our church, that we serve each other on a high level. The third expression of generosity is similar, but not exactly the same. It's hospitality. It's the act of hosting another through invitation, uh, being open, being welcoming, and unqualified, and accepting people uh, and showing kindness to them. There's a member of our team, Amy Lundberg, who has this gift on Red Bull. <laughs> Amy is the most hospitable person I've ever been around in my life. Amy will talk to any stranger, and any stranger is a friend. And if you stand Amy next to a tree for long enough, she will begin inviting the tree into her life. That's just her gift. She has that incredible gift. And she has been a blessing to our church because hospitality is, I'm sure, the first way that she expresses her generosity. And Amy's not the only one. 
There are many others of you who express generosity in that same way. The fourth expression of generosity is emotional support. That's simply the act of being there for another person. Allowing them to call you and actually picking up the phone. Inviting them over for coffee and sitting and listening. Compassionate listening and engagement is what this one is all about. And I know in this first year in this building, there have been a number of things that have happened in the life of our church where we have simply had to be there for one another. This is another area where I want to celebrate who we are as sanctuary. We're very good at being there for one another. The final expression of generosity is actually the least popular one. It's presenting another person with a gift. And I'm glad. I I wish my wife was not in this category. She loves receiving gifts. (laughs) And I'm in this category because I I don't like giving gifts. I, I, I don't. God, pray for me. Um, It's just, I don't, I struggle with this one. But of the five, this was the one that the fewest people said was natural for them. In other words, there are a number of ways to show your care and support for someone before you get to giving them a gift. Praise God. Over the next several weeks, we're going to, again, walk through each of these. We're going to celebrate the things that there are to celebrate about each one of them. And then we're going to ask you, we're going to invite you to grow in the ways you express your generosity. Our goal, as I said several times now, is not to convince you to become generous. The overarching goal of this series is to invite you to align your current generosity to the mission and vision of this church. There are some ways in which you are already generous Monday through Friday, and nobody at this church is aware of it. And we're looking for ways to impact the community, and many of you are already doing the real work. And because we have not been able to align your generosity with our mission and vision, we are simply wondering How are we impacting the community? Is there any difference we're making? Can we do more in the Twin Cities? And so we're going to dig into generosity much more than just money. We're talking about impact. And we hope you will hear what God has to say to us over these next several weeks. The last thing I want you to remember today, I've already said that God is creatively generous. The second thing I said was that we are generous already, but that we have questions about generosity. And the third thing I want you to remember is really a simple one that God blesses our generosity. God blesses our generosity. Brothers and sisters, generosity itself is a gift. Like we, we, we shouldn't need to get a reward for being generous. That sort of gets in the way of our generosity. Like generosity itself is a gift. Here's, here's what Chip Ingram says in The Genius of Generosity. He said, generosity is meant to be joyful and fulfilling. It is rooted in, it's not rooted in guilt or self-righteousness or any sort of martyr complex. Generosity is rooted in joy. And in fact, it's genius. Generosity is the smartest way to live. Friends, think about generosity in your own life. 
Would you go as far as saying it's the smartest way to live? The reality is, though, that when we are generous, it opens our life up in many other ways. Here's what generosity in our life is able to do for us. It changes our lives. It connects us to others. It helps us to invest in eternal things and things that matter. And it frees our hearts from lesser things, things that only matter in this life or for a season. And if that wasn't already enough for us, if that wasn't already enough of a blessing, the Bible also teaches us that God blesses our generosity. And churches, churches struggle sometimes to talk about the fact that God blesses our generosity because we don't want to be accused of, of prosperity gospel preaching. But there's a difference between prosperity gospel and saying when we look at God's word, God blesses our generosity. Those are two very different things. Here's, here's what, what the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. You remember Malachi chapter 3 and 8 probably because it's the one that they would share at offering time in church to scare you. and say, will a man rob God? Most of us stop listening at that part. It's like, oh, man, I'm... Shit. Here we go again. Mama, give me a dollar so I can put it in, put, get this man out my face. Uh, but, but here's what Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 says. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I would not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. That's not prosperity gospel. That's God's word. God blesses our generosity. God responds to our generosity. And even if generosity on its own is not enough to get you excited, this ought to get you excited that everything we do, God will bless it far more than we did on the front end. Friends, I'm excited about this series. Um, I'm excited to see us as a church grow in generosity. I'm excited uh, because I know this is a conversation that we need to have so that we might live into who God has called us to be. And so I invite you to be praying over the next several weeks about how we at the Sanctuary Covenant Church can grow in all expressions of our generosity. And the second thing I would invite you to do is to actually take the survey so that you can learn your generosity expression. On the front of your bulletin, there is a link to our website that takes you directly to a generosity assessment. The information should be on the screen there. It only takes eight minutes. I won't tell you where in your house to take, but there's places in our houses where we tend to be for about eight or more minutes from time to time. Uh, the next time you're in, in there, pull up that assessment and just knock it out. Why are you there? Just knock it out. Like, just get it done. I'm just trying to keep it real. Um, because we as a church want to bless you so that you understand how you are wired when it comes to generosity. Like, it's not enough for me to get up here and simply say, be more generous. 
I want to take you to God's word and show you why this matters and then give you tools to grow in your generosity. One of the things I'm excited about in our listing of life groups is we're going to have a a workshop for four weeks around finances, a biblical understanding of handling our finances, because one of the things the research shows us is that when people struggle in their personal finances, it absolutely gets in the way of them being generous. So as a church, we want to offer a four-week workshop so that you might understand finances, help you get out of some maybe financial trouble that you're in so that you might grow in your generosity. And so over the next couple of weeks, please be praying as we jump into this series. Uh, I was trying to figure out how do I exactly end this message today? I don't know how. Um, I'm going to invite the worship team back up, though. Um, but Sanctuary Covenant Church... Like the man who Jesus healed um, at the pool of Bethesda, I think the Sanctuary Covenant Church (laughs) needs to walk. Uh, Oh, man, y'all. And and like uh, Elijah on Mount Carmel, I think the Sanctuary Covenant Church needs to get up and run. Oh, man. You know, and, 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 and like eagles, I think, Tara's, I think the Sanctuary Covenant Church needs to, to get, mount up on wings and fly. <laughs> if Sanctuary as a church is going to fly, and don't respond after this part. <laughs> We're going to have to grow in our generosity. And I pray that over these next few weeks, God will show us how. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you love us, that you show us your generosity. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room that they would see that you've already made them generous. God, as we move into this new season, I pray and ask that we would grow in generosity, that everything that we are already doing, we might be unified in it. And that with one voice and by one spirit, we might impact this community and that our mission might grow to impact the nation and the world. You're doing something far greater than any of us could imagine. So God, help us to know how our growth in generosity plays a part in that. We love you, Father. And we thank you that you loved us first. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.